Lord, we recall how we once were. We remember how you found us, how you met us in our low estate, weak and frail, helpless, and set us free to sing your praise. Praise the Lord. Praise our great God. And Lord, that is in our hearts. It is our joy to do so. It is, it's just, it flows from souls that have tasted and seen and And we know how good you are. We've experienced your grace. And so we sing, Lord. And and I pray today that we would be a people just captivated by your goodness and your greatness in awe of all that you are. I pray as well that right on the heels of that would come uh, a longing, Lord, that you would build out even more today, a longing in our hearts for others to see and savor the greatness that you have, the greatness that we have tasted of. Lord, teach us through these words, we pray. Open our eyes and change us by them as we study them together. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Let the nations be glad. Psalm 67. I want to begin just with verse 1. I want to camp on verse 1 for just a while here and spend a little time together in this verse. I titled this, this first opening line, really, Our Heart's Delight. Our Heart's Delight. This is what it says. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face shine upon us. That's a prayer, isn't it? It's a prayer, uh, a request that God would bless us. And, you know, sometimes we might tend to think because of the prosperity gospel and the focus upon uh, kind of selfish, uh, small blessings. Oh, Lord, bless me. Lord, bless this. Make me rich. Make me smiley. Make me successful. This, that, and other. Sometimes we can overreact and say, well, no, we really shouldn't pray. Lord, bless us. But that's not biblical. It's right and fitting for us to say, as the psalmist has prayed, Lord, bless us. Bless us. Well, what do we mean when we say that? What are we longing for? Well, there's three things in view here. Lord, we pray that you would bless us with your grace, that you would bless us with your favor in that sense, and and cause your face to shine upon us. Three different aspects to it. This roots itself all the way back into the priestly blessing that was given to Aaron and, the, and his sons, the priests, to speak upon the people. You may have heard this uh, in times past. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. What an incredible blessing. In fact, this was instructions given to the priest, and, and they were to do this regularly, and in doing so, he, God says, in, in doing this, you're setting my name on my people. You're blessing them. A longing for the blessing of God. A delight in the God who has blessed. Think of these things that we have experienced. We've experienced the glory of God's grace. His, His favor toward us. 
and the face of God. Now, this is an interesting study. In fact, you might find time to go and just study through your Bible all of the places that it speaks about the face of God upon his people. It's an amazing thing to see. It shows up all over the scriptures. Lord, may your face shine upon us. We seek your face. And yet we know that as we've studied through the book of Exodus, that the face of God in many ways is is his glory. We pray, Lord, that your glory, your favor would be directed toward us. Your full attention upon us in blessing us. What a prayer. We worship a God who has bestowed upon us His blessing that is meeting us as an undeserving people. We have not deserved this. We we have not merited this. He has chosen us and then lavished upon us His blessing. It's true of the Jews as well. It's true of the people of God at, at all points along the way. They were not a people before. There was no nation. He made them and blessed them and held them and carried them and brought them through. Just as He has, in that sense, made us, called us to life from our sin-death trap that we ran the course of in this world. We speak here of a sovereign salvation Our delight is in a God who met us in our lowest state. And our response was, glory be to our great God. Not, hey, I'm glad he finally recognized. I needed uh, needed saving. Pretty, Pretty worthy here, right? That's how important I am. Oh, don't get this confused. The song we sing forever is not, I matter so much. The song we sing forever is, He matters so much. He is worthy. We are not. We are loved by the one who is worthy, who is willing to love the unlovely. With agape love, love of the will, I choose to love you. I set my love upon you, and I will never forsake you. That is the God who has shown us this grace. A sovereign salvation. Reminds me of another psalm. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. This is in the call to worship. You've made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. What's happening there? Well, we are the recipients of the blessing of God. And in that, our response is what? Worship. Praise. Gratitude. We ascribe to Him all that He is due, and our hearts overflow with joy. That is the right response. Praise Him. Praise Him. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yahweh. We've come up against this theme in sermons previous, and here it is again. We praise God a God of infinite worth, and in that our praise is never done. We will never exhaust the praise of a God so great. He is infinite in worth, in value, and what He has accomplished will never be spoken of enough. 
with the highest of our praise. We just scratch the surface. And that's why it's endless. It will never finish. Lord, bless us. Now, it is a good prayer to pray. But what if that's all we longed for? Lord, bless me. Lord, bless me. Lord, bless us. Good shepherd. Lord, bless us. There's got to be more to this prayer. That's why we're only in verse 1. Now, just pause and ask, has the Lord blessed us? Oh, yeah. We know His Son, Jesus. We have this sovereign salvation. We know His grace, His favor, His face has shown upon us. But think of this. In in countless different ways, even this week, as we rehearsed at the campfire last night, so many different ways God has protected, provided, brought us through. We've prayed big prayers this past week that God has answered. That's the blessing of God. Think over the last number of years in this church. When I came nine years ago, August 1st, one of the dreams that we had as, as a leadership team, as an elder board, was that we would see our global outreach commitment greatly expand. At that point, uh, we were not where we wanted to be. We wanted to see at least 25% of every dollar go to overseas missions. Now, by God's grace, we have exceeded that. That's, a, that's the blessing of God. Not only did we dream that, but we also dreamed, Lord, raise up from within our congregation people who would be willing to go. And not just go, but go to hard places. That was a prayer we prayed. Frontier places. People sent from Good Shepherd Community Church who would be willing to go into locations that many others would say, no, that's too tough. That's too scary. It's too difficult. God raised up Kathleen to go to Bangladesh and serve on the front lines. It blew us away. That's an answer to prayer. That's blessing of God. Then he raised up Janelle to go overseas, first to Spain, now to Kosovo, a very frontline, frontier-type ministry. And God is, even now, as we are worshiping here, uh, working through Brenda and bringing that support in so that she can go to Nepal from our congregation. What does that have to do with this request? Lord, bless us. It has everything to do with that request. Because our delight in the God who is, the the God who is glorious, the God who has bestowed on us this grace, leads us to a desire. A desire. And let's see what that desire is. The remaining verses of this psalm, I think, build out this focus. This focus. Verses 2 through 7. Let's read this. That, or so that, I would suggest... All of the rest of the, uh, of the psalm hinges upon those words. For a while, the NIV got weird, and they didn't include that word. That word is huge in there. I think if you have the updated New International Version, they put it back, and that's, it should be. It should be in there. Bless us so that, or that your way may be known on the earth. 
your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad. The nations be glad and sing for joy. For you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon the earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. O God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. You see what's happened for the psalmist? His longing has moved from his desire to be blessed to now be used to be a blessing for the nations. His delight has become a desire for others to have the same delight. This is so fitting. I mean, it's, you see this everywhere. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Now what flows from that? Love your neighbor as yourself. I have tasted and I have seen. I would long for you to do the same. Is that good? That your way may be known. Your power to save among all the nations. We have been blessed to be a blessing. What's amazing about the psalmist as he writes this, I believe, is that he had been uh, contemplating and really digging into the Genesis 12 interaction between Abram and the Lord. The Abrahamic covenant. This is, in a sense, that covenant put to song. You see the words selah in there? That's an inter, a musical interlude where you pause and you let the words sink in. He pins a song that builds out the Abrahamic covenant. Watch this now. The Lord said to Abram, Genesis 12, 1-3, Go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation. Now listen to this. And I will bless you and make your name great. Here comes the words. So that, so that, that you will be a blessing. That's the goal. I am going to lavish blessing upon you, Abram. I'm going to make you a great nation, a people. And the goal of that is that you would then be a blessing to the nations. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families on earth shall be blessed. A messianic promise right there. And so we are to have a heart for the Lord but it cannot just simply terminate in our joy in receiving blessing from Him. It is to be then a heart for the nations, a heart that moves out, a heart for the lost. Hmm. We're called to reflect His glory. This picture captures it. I think of Moses after he came, came down from the mountain and his face shone with the, kind of the, the reflection of the glory of God. It freaked the people out. He was glowing with glory. Not his own. It was reflecting God's glory to the world. That's who we are to be in this world. The elders have been praying and we feel a conviction that as we move toward this fall, one of the areas that we want to emphasize, to grow in and to, to, to be better stewards of, really as a church, as a congregation, as a whole, is that we would be more purposeful, 
more bold, more intentional, and focus more upon evangelism. Speaking the good word of God, the gospel, out in the world. That mission would be on our minds and that we would be increasingly, as a congregation, more equipped and quick to do it. That's something that God has laid on our hearts. And so we're going to be thinking about different waves, some different initiatives, and maybe a different class or two that will help us grow in this. We have been blessed that we might be a blessing. And we're seeing this. Many of you have been doing this, and we just we want to fan that flame. Yes, go. Let's keep it up. Our worship and our witness go hand in hand. You can't very well witness to a God that you yawn at on Sunday mornings or every day through the week. And great is our God. Whew. Let's get to the football game, right? Oh, by the way, you got to come with me to church. You got to. No. Our worship of the God who is has everything to do with our witness, the vibrancy of our witness. What do we long for the lost to know? We long for them to know of the God who blows us away with his greatness. It's praise that leads to prayer. That's what's happened here. He is praising God, delighting in God, and it's led him to a desire for those who don't know him to know him. Lauding that leads to longing. So many different ways to say this. This is right for us. This is what we should want. We want to praise the Lord and then call others to do the same. In fact, we sang around the campfire last night these words, how great is our God. And it struck me how amazing this song is because this is Psalm 67. How great is our God. We're doing it. We're praising Him. But that's not enough, is it? We want to invite the nations to come and sing. Come sing with me, nations. How great is our God. Worship and witness are hand in hand. This poor man cried, and the Lord heard him and, and, and saved him out of all his troubles. And David says then, this is my testimony. He's blessed me. He's blessed me. Then just a couple verses later, oh, taste and see, people. Taste and see that the Lord is good. You come, come and taste of this goodness and greatness of God. Hmm. John Piper, I think, very well captured this psalm when he said it this way. Worship is both the fuel and the goal of evangelism or of missions. Now think about this. Worship fuels evangelism. How? Because we are blown away by His greatness. We are captivated by the God who has been so good to us. Like standing on the edge of the Grand Canyon and seeing the glory. What's the very next thing you want to do? Hey, does anyone else see this? This is amazing. Sing with me. Come, sing with me. How great is our God. It is both the fuel and the goal of missions. What do we long to see among all nations? Worshippers. 
right? Worshippers. In fact, evangelism can be boiled down to this. Are you a worshiper or not? Do you worship the God who is through His Son, Jesus Christ? Or do you worship other things? Idolatry is simply wrongly placed worship. The goal of missions, the goal of evangelism, is to steer people to the only right place for worship to take place. It simplifies things. I think sometimes we we make evangelism too complicated. Point him to Jesus. Point him to the great one who is. And tell him what he's done for you. It's, It's just straightforward. We see this happen every day. We live in a market-driven culture. Everywhere you go, someone's trying to sell you something. And one of the most powerful ways that they do this is how? Testimony. Well, I got this set of tires, and at first I wasn't sure, but man, I've been driving these same tires for 20 years, and they're quiet, and they're tires. It's just rubber. But you hear someone say, these are the best tires, and I'll tell you why. I've experienced them. And now it's kind of more than just a regular tire. If we can sell tires through testimony, can we not bring people into contact with the greatest being in the universe by sharing how He has accomplished His saving power in our lives? How great is He? The world needs to know and answer. And we have it. Not just on Sundays. You have been placed sovereignly by God to go and give an answer to that question all week long. Everywhere you go. How great is He? I'm going to tell you how great God is. You don't have to present all of the Gospel every single time. You don't have to end up, as my parents did uh, recently, in prayer receiving Christ there with someone. But you do want to plant a thought, a reality. This is how He changed me. This is who He is. This is how great He is. Worship is the fuel and the goal of missions. And so the psalmist overflows with this longing. Let the peoples praise You, O God. Let all the peoples praise You. It's not enough just to say the peoples over here. Uh, That includes all the nations. We don't pick and choose. We're not going to say we prefer uh, maybe these guys, according to Jonah, Nineveh, eh, you can skip them. No way. All the nations, every nation, tribe, and tongue. That's one of the joys of having missionaries in countries where it's difficult to be. Let the nations be glad. You see the goal here? Let them be glad and sing for joy. Hmm. And so our life's mission, our delight, how great is our God, which leads to a longing, a desire, really a prayer, right? Lord, let the nations be glad. Let them sing for joy. We long for the nations to know You like we know You. Our life's mission. Piper goes on to say as he walks through this, he just captured with such potent words in this psalm, 
Missions exist because worship doesn't. Isn't that profound? One of the reasons that we are on mission, one of the reasons that we are carrying the name of the greatness of God into the neighborhoods and into the nations is because there are places and there are people who are worshiping nothings. And we long to see them worship the God who is. That's the goal of missions. It's to show love to people by steering them to the God who is worthy of their worship and away from all of the wimpy idols of mankind and satanic temptation and slavery. He goes on to say then, the goal of missions is the gladness of the nations in the glory of God. Is that our goal? Do you, when you go to work on Monday morning, do you have operating in you a desire for those who don't know Christ that you will bump into? Do you long for them to be glad in the greatness of the glory of God as you are? Oh, we can all grow in this. We had a neighborhood hangout here recently. We're getting to know our neighbors a little better. It was awesome. And it's on my mind. I have been placed in this spot, not randomly. I am a light. We are a light to this neighborhood and especially to this group that's going to gather. Lord, Lord, bless me so that I can bless them. You see the function now? Bless us that we might be a blessing to these who are lost with, within feet of where we live. Make them glad. Let them be glad in your glory as we are. Our neighbors and the nations. There is a local and a global reach to this. We would be remiss if we only saw uh, the idea of you have to cross an ocean before you get your witness on. No way. That's backwards. One of the reasons I wanted to preach this sermon out there is so that those within earshot of our worship would hear us sing His praise and say, wow, maybe there is something great about this God that they gather around and worship each week. These neighbors are not random. They are placed here within earshot of our worship. They see us gather every week. Do we long for and pray for the Lord to bless us that we might bless them, reach them for Christ and the nations and the nations? Continue to pray that Brenda's support comes in. $1,000 a month still needs to be brought in. She's excited to, to go this fall. It's a significant amount of money that we're still trusting the Lord to bring in per month. We need to pray, Lord, stir in hearts that you might bless Brenda, that she might bless those across the world in Nepal. And we're a part of that. It's a prayer and a proclamation. You can't miss the nature of this, though. This whole psalm is a prayer. 
oh, how we would put the cart in front of the horse if we just ran out to proclaim, having not first prayed. Putting prayer at the front is where the power happens. It's where the Lord delights to answer and give opportunities for us to speak His name, to open doors that otherwise might be missed as we walk through this life. Lord, I pray that You would bless me. Bless us that we might be a blessing. Open my eyes. Show me a way. This day at work. This week. Help me to see a specific word to share. A way to testify. A way to be a light in this workplace. But we would also be wrong if all we did was pray for opportunities and then we didn't take them. When you have a chance to speak, be bold. Be bold with how great your God is. Not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God to salvation for all who believe. Come, sinners, come and be saved like this sinner was saved, right? So our response today as we just consider this psalm, it's evangelistic praise and prayer. A longing for the blessing of God that's right and fitting because it doesn't terminate on us. It flows to the nations and the neighbors. The question then begs, what will we do with these incredible blessings from God? We've been given His grace. He has shown us His favor. We have his face shining upon us. He has caused our church to grow. He has raised up answers to prayer. People, lives invested overseas. He has given us increasing opportunities to shine in the workplace throughout the week. What are we going to do with these blessings? A healthy church is a church that focuses outward. Increasingly outward. We love Him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And increasingly, we feel the weight of the lost all around us. And our neighbors dying and spending an eternity in hell under the wrath of God. That breaks our heart to even consider. What will we do with these blessings? It's a challenge for us. We have been blessed to be a blessing. Are we praying for the gladness of the nations and the glory of God? That would be a place to start. I, I mean, at least begin putting this psalm to work by praying more consistently, more specifically for those that you know that God has put in your path who are not saved. Make a list and then pray that list through. Pray this for them. Oh, Lord, Make them glad in you like I am glad in you. And use me to that end. Are we speaking boldly about the wonders of God and the good news of the gospel? Friends, when we see a vision for the greatness and glory of God, this is not hard. It's not hard. If we can give testimonials about products on Facebook? Can we give more 
emphasis, more testimonial to the grace of God? What matters more? What, what, what is it that people need most in this life and the next? They need Jesus. They need Jesus. We have Him. And so I would just close with this. Lord, use me. And use us. Use us. We pray. Make us instruments of blessing to our neighbors and to the nations. Let's pray. Father, our heart resonates with the heart of this psalmist as he wrote these words. We worship You, the God who is. We see You for who You are. We, we have tasted and we know that You are good. You are so good. You are glorious. You are high and exalted. You are faithful. As we rehearsed last night, even at the campfire, of all these different ways that You have shown Yourself to be the greatest blessing in our lives. And at the same time, Father, our hearts break for those who don't have this. Just as Jean Hancock was sharing with me in the hospital here this past week, oh, how she doesn't know how people do life without You, Lord. I pray that that would be on our minds. That we would not be comfortable keeping these blessings within our walls, but that we would find a way, Lord, use us to, to push these blessings out to our neighbors and to the nations. Help us to be creative. Help us to be purposeful, consistent. Help us to be persistent with this, not to be distracted or dissuaded. Even if it's hard, Lord, even if we are mocked or rejected, we know what the world needs most, and that is You. Bless us that we might be a blessing. Use us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.